I'm Gabby, and this is No Filter with Cabo. On the past episodes, we discussed a lot of formulas, but this one will be different. We'll talk about a kind of company that's growing in the cosmetic market and it is dictating trends, the indie brands. And for this conversation, we are receiving a new guest that is an enthusiastic for this topic. Please welcome Alyssa Noto, uh, account manager at Kobo in the USA. Hi, Alyssa, how are you? Welcome to your first podcast. <laughs> hey, Gabby, how are you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here and thank you for the lovely introduction. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Well, Alyssa, to start, can you tell us what is an indie brand? Great question to start. So, I mean, I feel like everyone has their sort of own definition of what an indie brand is, you know, much like mm -hmm. clean beauty. To me, I think it's kind of in the name, indie, independent. So typically these brands are independently owned and independently funded, which, you know, more or less means they're smaller in size. So they have limited products and it kind of makes them a niche market, really. That was a good start and a great introduction. Uh, but now I would also like to know, uh, why do you have an interest on those brands, the indie brands? Well, it's kind of a plethora of reasons. Well, mainly because of time constraints. I would say they really have a strong drive to help people struggling with similar issues that they've had where mainstream products on the market haven't really helped or even so far as prescription medication. And I also think their transparency and resourcefulness is really inspiring. And you could even see that on their website. They list where they get their materials from, and mm -hmm. just the fact that they care so much about the environment, how they handpick all their packaging and details like that. So I kind of feel like I have similar core values to them. And that is what really piqued my interest. And I love working alongside of them as well. That's a really nice uh, point of view. And I really like it as well. And usually, you know, as far as I know, those indie brands are uh, started with a single person, like a founder that had you know, an issue with a product or a need that they had that they could not find an answer in the market and decided to make themselves. So I agree with you. It's very uh, inspiring. Right. Now I would like to <laughs> change the subject a little bit because we talked about you know some of the good things uh, of indie brands and how they can be an inspiration to people, but which would you say are the challenges that this type of company is facing in the industry right now? You know, being independent, what's the, the challenge on that? Mm, I would definitely say since, you know, they are on the smaller side, uh, anything volume related. So raw materials to packaging, even with contract manufacturers where they get their products filled, they have a certain volume requirement. So it kind of makes it harder for them when you're thinking of like 10,000 pieces to fill. They don't have, you know, the most of them don't have the funds even to help with that. Of course. Yeah, because it's hard to do just like 100 pieces and sometimes uh, the MLQs, the minimum order quantities yep. of either pieces or, you know, raw materials or with contract manufacturers, they usually much larger than that. And obviously, Kobo is 
uh, a raw material manufacturer and distributor, what would you say Kobo can do to help that co those companies uh, grow? Well, I mean, I guess circling back to pack sizes, we do offer smaller pack sizes, which is great. And you know, just being a raw material supplier, we have such good relationships with contract manufacturers and fillers out there to be able to kind of guide them in the right direction. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm sure, you know, all of our sales team, not only, you know, you and me, but all of our colleagues, we are able yeah, to, course. you know, help them out and uh, offer them, you know, maybe a, a repack uh, in case of the volume, but also with those contacts as well. That's that's very important. And going a little deeper into what Kobo can offer when it comes to raw materials, which obviously is our, you know, specialty, uh, which would be the product that you think could be more interesting for a brand for indie brand that's usually not looking for natural products for clean products what would be you know your selection of raw materials that you think are more interesting oh <laughs> i mean that's uh honestly all of the natural <laughs> like derived lines that we have could really help them because you know of course they are environmentally conscious mm-hmm yeah, totally. And for our audience, if you're part of an indie brand and you want to know more about uh, our natural product, we do have a flyer that's going to be on the description that uh, lists all of them. So check it out if you want to know more or also, you know, contact your account uh, manager, of course. But I want to highlight a product, actually. And if you listen to, you know, other episodes of our podcast, you probably heard of this raw material. But I really think it's interesting, especially for uh, smaller companies. Uh, maybe they don't have, you know, the uh, equipment to mill a pigment, and, but they want to use, you know, pigments for makeup, for example, and they want to be, you know, more natural, uh, have more natural origin materials, be more sustainable. I think the new um, surface treatment that we have, the ASGP, which is hybrid with amino acid and polyhydroxysteric treatment is really, really nice because it is natural origin, at least obviously the titanium dioxide and the iron oxides. And also, uh, besides being natural origin, they are really easy to use. You can do uh, with a mixer, you don't need you know, a mill, which obviously can be complicated for uh, smaller companies to invest you know, in a big equipment. So I really like this uh, pigment because it's really easy to use and it's also natural. So just a small uh, suggestion for, uh, for those indie brands, especially if you're going with uh, makeup. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a good suggestion. That feels really nice to the powder. Yes, it, was, it has a really, you know, creamy and velvety feel. I really like it. Well, switching uh, again a little bit, actually coming back to um, one of our first questions, you talked about what is an indie brand and we talked about the challenges. What would you think are the pros of being an indie brand in a market that obviously has, you know, huge brands as well? Mm, I think <laughs> the biggest pro is really just being your own boss. 
being independent, <laughs> having the flexibility to do what you want. You're not owned by, you know, a parent company. Yeah, I all I completely agree with you. You know, that part is really interesting, you know, being able to do uh, any product you want. And especially sometimes if you're a global brand, you also have to uh, attend, you know, many, many different trends from all over the world. If you're an indie brand, you can focus on a type of product or a niche. So that that could be also uh, very interesting. And I think uh, it is a pro. Now, one more question, and now just to talk a little bit about the future. How do you see the future of indie brands? Because indie brands is a relatively new phenomenon, I would say, in the industry. How do you see the future? Do you see them as you know continuing and growing and having more and more uh, indie brands in the future? Yeah, I mean, I really don't think they're going anywhere. They're definitely here to stay, and I think they're going to grow more and more. Yeah, for sure. You know, we can see that uh, there are a lot of people trying to open, you know, a new uh, brand, their own independent brand and wanting to do what they want as, as we talked. So I agree yeah. with you. And I feel, um, you know, people want to support local businesses as well. For sure. Yeah, that's something that after the pandemic, obviously, we have yeah, seen definitely. grow, you know, people wanting to be more local and be more responsible. And that's part of the sustainability movement as well, you know, shopping local and kind of increasing the local business. So that's interesting. That's something the pandemic for sure yeah. uh, increased. And you really see the care with their products as well. Yeah. They, they, for me, indie brand is also about you know, having their own values and mm -hmm. standing up for what they uh, want to show the world, you know, not just making another cosmetic product, basically. Exactly. And now for my last question, uh, and this one could be a little bit of controversial, I would say. Uh, and this is a question that I ask myself sometimes. So I want to take your opinion on it as well. Because every company, I would say, you know, we are in a capitalistic world. Uh, every company wants to grow, wants to get to more people, wants to get to no, more people to know uh, that brand. And if an indie brand, usually they're pretty small, as we have mentioned, that they are part of the volumes that they uh, usually sell. But if an indie brand becomes, you know, more known and then you know their volumes increase and they become at some point a bigger company does that mean that they're not an indie brand anymore hmm. well i love a bit of controversy <laughs> but i mean at the end of the day i think as long as they hold true to their core values and they don't get bought by a larger co corporation like l'oreal or estee lauder I think they'd still be considered an indie brand, really. But it's an open-ended question, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you can have a different interpretation of this. But I would say I, I agree with you because I think the most important thing is not the size, right? It is their independence. They're able to, you know, do uh, the kind of products that they want to do and keep in the end, you know, their values, if they say, you know, I want to be clean and sustainable, if they're 
through to that, you know, there there could be still a, a Ninde brand. So I agree with you. Yeah, and it's great to see them grow, you know, that's what we want. And we want to help them as suppliers as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're here for them. <laughs> yes. Well, Alyssa, I think we reached uh, the end. I don't have any more questions uh, to you. I want I really want to thank you for you know accepting and being a part of the podcast. And I'm sure we're going to ask you uh, to come back to talk about different topics. Yeah, I hope so. It was really fun. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know more in the description of this episode, you will find links to of what we discussed today. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Kobo Products for more information. This podcast has been created by the content team at Kobo Products Inc., a raw material cosmetic manufacturer and distributor specializing in treated pigments and dispersions. To not miss any new episodes, be sure to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice. See you next time.